1: Star Wars 7x7, episode 538. Today, we continue our character review of The Force Awakens and what we now know about them. And we go evil today with Kylo Ren. Punch it, Chewie. No traps,
0: no moisture, no committees. Just rebel rousing fun for everyday Jedi. It's the Star Wars 7x7 podcast with your host, Alan Voivard. Destiny Unleashed.
1: Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and here's a quick check-in before we talk about Kylo Ren on the Star Wars box office. We have Tuesday numbers available to us now, since we're recording this on Wednesday for a Thursday release. So complicated, I know. But, Star Wars The Force Awakens broke the Tuesday record. Surprise, surprise. So it's just going to keep <laughs> breaking records. As of the end of the day, Tuesday, 325 million US, 689 million global. And that makes it the 81st highest-grossing movie of all time globally, sandwiched in between Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and The Hunger Games, the original Hunger Games. And it is also no longer the lowest-grossing Star Wars live-action film. In reaching 689, it surpassed Attack of the Clones, which only hit $649 million worldwide. The Monday and Tuesday records had been held by Spider Man 2, not the amazing Spider Man 2, but Spider Man 2, the one that had Doc Ock in it. And I don't know, I think that might have erased (laughs) every record that thing held, because Wednesday's number to beat is twenty million, and that's a number that was captured by the Hunger Games. So we will see what we will see. But all right, let's talk about Kylo Ren, shall we? First of all, what we know for sure, and was rumored here and there. But here's the biggest reveal of all, that he is the child of Han Solo and Leia Organa. And I don't know about you, but I was pretty surprised that they revealed this fact so early in the film. I... Figured that if they had a card like that to play, which obviously they did, uh, they would hold it until a little bit deeper in the film for maximum surprise effect, but they did not. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts about it were. Were you surprised that it came early, or did you expect it to be something like that? Chime in at the comments of the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com. So this was the test that Snoke was referring to in one of the commercials that we first heard about it where he said, you know, even you have never faced such a test. And the dialogue in the actual movie was slightly different. There was a piece missing in the commercial where Snoke refers to uh, Kylo Ren as the master of the Knights of Ren. And it does suggest that Kylo is still with the Knights of Ren, the way that's delivered, and that the Knights of Ren still exist in general. It wasn't just a group that formed to lay waste to Luke's Jedi Academy, as it seems to be the case. It doesn't look like it was just Kylo that took everyone out. It looks like it was the Knights of Ren. And Kylo himself is not away from that group anymore even though he's spending time communing with general hux and the first order and supreme leader snoke he is still apparently an active part of this organization which suggests that we are going to see the knights of ren in full sometime in episode 8 And Kylo's real name is Ben, presumably Ben Solo, and the Ben is an interesting choice because in the old expanded universe, now legends, there was a Ben Skywalker. It was the child of Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade, formerly the Emperor's Hand assassin who then eventually was won over by Luke and they had a lovely life together. And take of this what you will, one of the kids that Han and Leia had, Jason Solo, became a Sith Lord and killed Mara Jade, and Mara did not allow herself to be absorbed into the Force so that way her body could remain and show evidence of the fact that Jason had killed her, and Jason's twin Jaina eventually ended up killing Jason. Spoiler alert, sorry about that if you're going back into the Expanded Universe. So yes, in the old expanded universe, Han and Leia had twins. One of them went bad, and one of them stayed good, and both of them were very adept in the ways of the Force. They also had a third child, Anakin Solo, but we don't know whether any of this necessarily maps over into the new Force Awakens universe yet or not, but it does seem like there are a couple of interesting little parallels to consider. And it is kind of interesting that the filmmakers chose Ben for the name. They didn't go for Anakin, which probably would have been a little bit heavy-handed in terms of showing a character who was struggling with light and dark. So I guess they had to make that second obvious choice. So maybe bringing the expanded universe in reads more into things than is really there to be read into. We also know that Kylo has a bit of a temper problem. <laughs> I think those are two of the funnier scenes in the movie, uh, especially with the stormtroopers walking by, hearing the destruction and turning around and walking away. Discretion being the better part of Valor. (laughs) Kylo taking his lightsaber to various control panels and tearing up things. That's actually rather amusing. And in its way, it made him a lot more fearsome i think are a lot scarier than darth vader ever did i mean darth vader was the master of just slow quiet uh-oh you're really in for it but i think there's a more active fear that comes out of the type of aggression that kylo ren shows and he knows something about Ray, or at least I should be more specific and say, that he knew something about Ray, so it seems, prior to him actually meeting her in person, that scene where he grabs the, uh, the guy, like pulls him through the force over to his hand to choke him. manual, you know, like he's a traditional guy. <laughs> <laughs> no Force joking for Kylo. As uh, soon as he finds out that there was a girl involved with the escape of BB-8, that becomes a big issue for him, and tracking her down becomes a high priority. We also know Force powers-wise that you know it's not just telekinesis, but that it's also some sort of psychic ability, I guess you would say, or mind reading, for lack of a better uh, very aggressive kind of mind reading that he's able to do to people, except for Ray. I mean, he's able to do it briefly, but then she's able to put the walls up and turn back around on him. And what he sees in there is actually really interesting. We haven't commented on it just yet, but one of the things that he mentions is, and it's only been two times I've seen the movie, so of course I don't have the dialogue exactly rendered in my brain just yet, but he mentions... Islands in an Ocean, and it certainly seems reminiscent of the place where Rey found Luke at the end of The Force Awakens, which suggests that if that's inside Rey's mind, then she's been there, and that suggests, of course, the plotline possibility that she was there when Rey and the Knights of Ren laid waste to the place, and somehow she survived it, whether by Luke hiding her, or by her hiding, or by Ren sparing her, hard to say at this point. And it's been suggested that Kylo, or Ben, if you will, may have awakened Ray's own force ability, and that might be the explanation for why she was able to come up to speed so quickly, because of that battle of wills that they had, in which... She reveals to him that she understands in his mind that he's afraid that he will never live up to his grandfather, Darth Vader, that that fear is rattling around in his brain. And we do know that he has some obsession with Vader. There had been rumors and leaks and spoilers that he had a ton of different things around, that he was massively, like, going crazy collecting artifacts and so on and so forth. Doesn't seem like that's the case, at least what we saw in the movie, as far as that goes, because... All we see him having is the melted mask of Darth Vader that he's talking to and knows that it's his grandfather. So obviously there's been some information shared in the time that he was with Han and Leia. He also knows for sure that the lightsaber is his grandfather's lightsaber and his uncle's after that. And is after it presumably not because it was once Luke's but because it was once Darth Vader's. Okay, and as far as his upbringing goes, there's a comment in the exchange between Ray and him where, and again, sorry I've only seen it twice. I'm desperate to go see it more. <laughs> but she's looking for Han to come rescue her and he's saying yeah, you know, that's not going to happen or don't count on that. Like, he can't be counted on. So, unfortunately, it seems that Han was the kind of parent that you would expect him to be. He didn't actually settle down to be a really awesome parent or anything like that. But At some point, he got under the influence of Supreme Leader Snoke, and Snoke is the one who swayed him to the dark side of the Force. Now, he's not a Sith at this point, at least that doesn't seem to be the case. It's not indicated as such, and J.J. Abrams has specifically said that Kylo was not a Sith. However, there is some training to be done, and at the end of the movie, Snoke does say that it's time to complete Kylo Ren's training. So, I don't know if we believe fully yet that Snoke is a Sith Lord, but... There's every reason to think that he is. We know that Emperor Palpatine concealed his Sith ability as best he could for the longest time and, like, was actively ensuring that nobody knew that he was a secret Sith Lord. There was that book, Lords of the Sith, that came out in April where some group of people had seen him practice his Force ability, his Force lightning and whatnot, and he instructed, Palpatine did, instructed Darth Vader to massacre the village that saw him perform that ability so that there would be no witnesses aside from the Emperor's Royal Guard, of course, to the Emperor using any Force ability. And he may or may not be entirely gone to the dark side. I mean, I guess this is the point at which we need to talk about that scene. Oh my gosh, that scene, that most amazing confrontation between Han Solo and Kylo Ren at Starkiller Base. And the first time I watched it, I thought that Kylo Ren was having a crisis of conscience on that bridge. I thought he was really unsure of which way he was going to go with this confrontation. The second time I watched it, it looked like he was toying with Han Solo's emotions. And that made me just, ooh, made my skin crawl. And as far as an effective villain goes jumped Kylo Ren really high up the list. And I'd love to know what your thoughts are. Do you think that he was having any sort of conflict on that bridge, or do you think he was just messing with Han when he was holding out his lightsaber for Han to take? Chime in at the comments at the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. But there had been some sort of conflict in him at some point when he was having his monologue next to Darth Vader's mask. You know, I guess he resolved himself to the dark in that conversation and maybe, you know trying to look for some sort of redemptive struggle in his eyes and in his expression on that bridge. Maybe that's just a part of hearing that conversation, hearing him go back and forth over it. But maybe not. Maybe there was just no hope for it. And him passing the test of, you know, killing Han Solo, which is, I think, the test that Snoke was putting before him. That's what inspired Snoke to say, all right, it's time to finish your training. And this is an interesting parallel to Return of the Jedi, where Luke's final test to become a Jedi is to face Vader, not to kill him, and even when Luke had the upper hand and the chance to kill him, he threw away his lightsaber and said, nope, I'm not going to kill him. And <laughs> in retrospect, I don't know if I would have thrown my lightsaber away, considering the Emperor was walking around. I think I might have held on to that, <laughs> just in case I needed to block some force lightning. But, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I guess it all worked out in the end anyway. <laughs> but, Luke's test is to not kill Vader, and that gets him to Jedi status, but Snoke's test, laid on Kylo Ren, is to kill Han Solo, and doing so allows Kylo Ren to then take his next step further into the dark side. And one last thing. ...regarding Kylo Ren's skills with a lightsaber. Definitely prodigious, definitely a very strong Force user. And Finn is no joke with a lightsaber, okay? Finn fought him pretty darn well for somebody who, at this point, has not shown us any Force powers. So, somebody non-Force adept fighting Kylo Ren with a lightsaber, Finn did pretty darn well. So, you know, maybe Kylo isn't all that necessarily just yet. But Ray fought Kylo to within an inch of his life... And boy, oh boy, if it wasn't for that (laughs) well-timed crevasse that opened up with all of the explosions and whatnot happening at Starkiller Base, if it wasn't for that, I don't know. I don't think Ren necessarily would have killed him, but I think she would have taken him in. And yeah, Kylo didn't have a chance. So I think Kylo going deeper into the dark side of the Force is not only going to be you know, a foregone conclusion based on him deciding to kill Han Solo, but also a necessity in his mind for him to think that he's going to have any chance to defeat Rey. And I think, again, seen it twice, need to see it a little more and look a little closer, but that scar that he got from Rey across his face looks similar to the one that Supreme Leader Snoke has. I thought that was kind of an interesting little touch, unless I'm just imagining it or, you know, remembering it incorrectly, but I seem to think that it's somewhat similar. So that's all I've got for Kylo Ren for you here on the podcast. And any other facts that you know about Kylo Ren from the movie that I haven't covered here, share them in the comments of the blog post for the show's episode at SW7x7.com. Stay tuned for trivia after the break. Hey, Rebel Rouser. If you've got a business that you need to get in front of a bunch of Star Wars fans, then I've got an idea for you. I'm looking for a sponsor to get the entire Star Wars 7x7 team over to London for Star Wars Celebration Europe next July. And we get a ton of exposure when we do Star Wars Celebration podcasts, not just the regular episodes but the bonus stuff, and all the in-person stuff too, not to mention all the live streaming video we do. So if that's something of interest to you, then reach out via the contact form at SW7x7.com and let's talk. Alright, let's get out of here with a trivia question for you. Is it true? You're just a scavenger. Last time we asked you about Ray brandishing that lightsaber for the first time, and if she was a batter in baseball, which hand is she holding it with? Is she right-handed or left-handed? And the answer is right-handed. Today's question for you. What's the name of the creature that captured BB-8 in a net just before Ray and BB-8 met for the first time? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. Hey, before you get captured on Geonosis, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a separatist trick, it's Destiny Unleashed.
0: This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and
1: information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2015 by Star Wars 7 7 We hope you love it.
0: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time test to gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement.